0: Injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, you pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at lawyerup904.com. Hey, welcome in, Glad to along for the ride with Hayes CarLion, Lauren Brooks, and Andrew Gibson. I'm Frank Franges. We kick off a Thursday installment of our program. Brought to you by my friends at Stanley Pools, best pool company around. I talked to Greg Stanley last week. They're just moving along since 1988. If you wanted a pool around here, you had Stanley Pools build it, and you still are. Whoo! We got a game in a couple days. I'm fired up. Beautiful day out there. This is incredible. This good. I mean, what weather? This weather is just ridiculous. I'd forgotten
1: what it was like in the 2017 run, you know, like the bills week and, and it's been
2: five years. Yeah. I
1: just, I, you know, it's really been awesome these last couple of weeks being involved in this and Mm -hmm. and seeing how much fun people are having with it. Because I, I, it honestly, we went through so much just awfulness after that run that it, it, it really is like, it's almost like doing this for the first time in a lot of ways and uh, it's uh, it's anyway. It's just been so much fun. Can't wait to tomorrow, and uh, certainly can't wait till Saturday night.
2: Yeah, you know those like sci-fi movies where the person's brain is like erased of all memories. That's what it feels like. All of the bad kind of erased mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. 2017 goodness. Like uh, Saxonville, yeah, okay, yeah. And the, the Jaguars had that Russian cover, and it was great. But as far as like the feeling around town, that's what I think I had forgotten, and, and it had been erased by just so many people giving up on this team, and, and rightfully so for so long. And so, yeah. Drafting Trevor Lawrence and getting to this point this quickly, man, it, it sure feels good.
0: I think the Jaguars are going to beat the Los Angeles. Don't call me San Diego Chargers. I think they're going to beat them. I, I uh, and we're going to talk about boy, what a different game than last week's. What a different matchup. What a different set of matchups. And we're going to talk about that coming up today on the program. And, and that's going to be one of the first things we're going to do. So a lot of Jags talk as always. Um, I'm going to ask you two, three. To do a little, to do a, I'm going to ask you to vote. You like to vote? I do. you a voter? I, You're a voter. I'm a Regis big voter. believer in voting. Have a, have a sticker? Maybe I'll, I'll pass out stickers. I'm I usually the Stevens.
2: absentee ballot voter, okay. but yes. Okay. So I don't ever get a sticker.
0: Give me, Sorry, you, so. give me you a sticker guy when you vote or no? Yeah, yeah, of course. Put the sticker. I put the sticker. I I, I wear the sticker. Not because I'm bragging. I just want to tell people that we, they should vote. So I just... wear the ribbon and I wear the sticker. So there you go. Um, <laughs> We're, we're going to vote today. We're gonna, I had more people tell me today. God, I loved Hayes on the show yesterday. He was awesome. He was awesome. Well, he's easy to get worked up. Okay, he's not. A, he's yeah. not. A, he's not a bright guy. You can just throw it out there it's and a, he's easy as tax. So, a good point. So, so, oh, you were a big star yesterday on the pro on the on the radio. Program. The
1: dumb tend to be very excitable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and I know from personal experience, I'm right with you. Okay, mm-hmm. I can I can compete with you in that in both those categories, uh, dumb and excitable. Um,
2: the best was when I saw the tweet later yesterday. Like, oh, wait, things might. Still be going according to plan when it comes to Jane Rashada.
0: One guy told me, one guy told me, he says, Hayes rocks. I said, you can agree with him? He goes, doesn't even matter. He just rocks. <laughs>
2: I like that. That <laughs> yeah,
0: was good. Um, But I want you to vote today on Jaguar MVP top five. The MVP, the best, the most important players. I know, we're going to go one through five. Players only. Players only. Yeah, yeah. not coach, yeah. not uh, players. Gotcha. The, play, the top five, the most valuable players you can you can you can Love have it. you can have whatever you want it to be It can be the be, the most talented the most important but we're going to go 1 through 5 all the way down to and I've got my 5 and okay. I want you guys so we're going to do that later on the program I think for this season only for this season only yeah. for, for for these for these past uh, 17 games the, the the for the 9 and 8 uh, who they are so we're going to do that later that'll be kind of fun it. that'll be, be fun. a lot of fun yeah, so. uh, i want to talk about the matchup of the game cuz it's such a different matchup um i mean so incredibly different than the game they just played. I mean, it's almost uncanny how different it is. That it that it. I mean, it, it really is. The, the the Titans were. I want to say second in the league against the run. Yes. So
1: I think it was, I think the number was second. And I think left the game first.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah well, <laughs> correct. Yeah, that's a good call. The Chargers are last in the league against the run. They're awful. I mean, but think about would you ever face that in back-to-back games?
1: It's, it's really, and to go from yeah. Zach Wilson, Davis Mills, Joshua Dobbs, Justin Herbert. It's so opposite. Yes.
0: It is such an opposite, opposite game than the one you just played. So we're going to talk about that and what that means. In terms of the matchup. So we'll do some MVP talk and we'll talk about that. I you want to are talk-
2: correct, by the way. The Titans did finish first in the yeah. league as far as rushing yards. They came in second. They came in second They came first. in, yep, against uh, the Jaguars behind the 49ers, but they ended up finishing yeah. ahead of them.
0: So they led the league in run defense, and now you're playing a team that's last in the league in run defense. And so, I mean, think about that for a second.
1: The Chargers' run defense numbers are just gross. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 2,478 yards allowed on the ground, a 5.4-yard average. Think about that. I
0: think they allow Every one.
1: time the opponent runs against the Chargers, on average, yeah. they get five and a half yards.
0: They, 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 and that's last in the league. Maybe the total is maybe 29. I think the
1: total is 28, and then the average the, is last. And they've given up 17 touchdowns but, on the ground.
0: But the to- So, last in the league in yards per carry. But even I think they're averaging like 145 against. Yeah, yeah. 145 change. It's against. awful. Yeah.
1: So it's so so it's it's just so. They've different. got good edge guys,
0: right? But they right. don't have anything yeah. in the middle. They've got three great defensive players. They've got Bosa, who's great. They've got Mac, who's still pretty great. Mm-hmm. And they've got the best safety in the league, in, right. in Derwin James. So they so they've they've got three. But we'll, again, the the matchups are so different. We'll certainly talk about that coming up on the program. I'm gonna make a comment about uh, my my 10-10 take about college football. And it's good about college football in our area. So that, that comes up a little bit later on in the program. It's so all kind of good stuff. Tomorrow, we're going to be live at Dick's Wings. Have you heard? I have. In conjunction with the Jaguars. Are you ready for this? What if I told you the first hundred buddy lights are on the house? Wow. Hundred buddy lights. So I've already told Steve Griffin, our general manager, and I'm probably going to drink most of those in the first hour of the show. Mm-hmm. Good. And then it'll be a really good second hour of the show. Yeah. I just want to tell you that. Lively. So
2: do we think the Bud Lights will last as long as the t-shirts did? <laughs> which was till about 312. That's uh, <laughs> Do we think yeah, the Bud Lights will a, go we'll just see. as fast?
0: But, 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 but our friends from I'm going to Bud- take the under and say <laughs> oh, the Bud Lights are going yeah. by 308. Our, our, okay. friend, our friends from Budweiser oh, okay. are making this happen. Um, our Joe Coward, who manages that account, did such a good job and does such a good job with them and... And certainly, we're proud when 1010XL can kind of put together a fun thing like that. So credit where it's due. Uh, I'd love to take the credit, but none of it's ours. Uh, but we do want to. We're looking forward to going out to Dick's Wings. Good job, Joe. Uh, good job. So mm-hmm. our friends from Jag- the Jaguars as well. But again, now, now your, your your beer's not free at 2:50. Okay, you uh, you've the, the hundred starts at three. Okay, so three o'clock. So uh, yeah, maybe 3:15 they'll be gone. So there you <laughs> go. I think you're pretty close. So but the first hundred, uh, Bud Lights on the house. How about that? Now
1: are you allowed to just walk up to the bar and say, "Give me
0: ten Bud Lights"? <laughs> <laughs> Good call. No. But uh, you know what? But I like yeah. how you're thinking. I like how you're thinking. How afraid about that that's for a party what, tomorrow? That's great.
2: Absolutely. I'm afraid that's what happens with the towels that the Jaguars yeah. give away is like the first 10,000 people yeah. take them all and then everybody after, well, you know, so, you're out of luck.
0: So if you're not coming to Dick's, it's San Pablo and Beach tomorrow. What's the matter with you? I mean, it's just what's the matter with you if you're not doing that?
2: I mean, I don't think anyone should have to work friday before a playoff game right it so, should be a holiday and i guess worst case scenario half day
0: yeah it should be it should be a holiday so all kind of fun uh good stuff coming we're certainly excited about that can't wait to get going again tomorrow it's dick's wings on san pablo at beach right there at the corner there uh the first hundred bls and by the way i don't know if y'all know this or not but that's my favorite beer i didn't know if the world knew that or not so and obviously i joked before uh, about having them obviously we don't drink while we're doing shows so we won't drink till the shows after that that's kind of a, the way it should be but i will have the shakes just so you know that <laughs> i will have, i will have three hours my hand will be shaking for about three hours during that show. but so please come out and hang out with us uh we're looking forward to it a lot of things to talk about we got an old rock thursday that i think is fitting all that coming up all and right. a whole lot more glad you're with us this is 10 10 xl and 92.5 fm <laughs>
3: It's an old rock Thursday. Music
2: the way it should be, or at least used to be, on the Frangie Show.
0: So here's the thinking, kids. You know, a lot of times when the other team comes in, I'll play a song from Los Angeles or Boston or New York or wherever they're from. The hell with a, them. Respect, the hell with them is what I said. Yeah, I like How about it. a Jacksonville band on this first playoff appearance in five years, Caroline? Is that Love all right? It. That's great. Jacksonville band. That's what we're doing. It's about the Jags. It's about the Jags. It was always the Jags. Thirty eight special. That was that a way to kick off a Jags home weekend? Well Turn done. Turn that up a little bit, Gibby. Kidding me? I like who to give love- the Chargers defense a thirty eight special. Yeah, who, who doesn't love the who doesn't love thirty eight special, Brooks? I
2: love it. Uh I'm just going to say I hope that if one team holds loosely onto the ball, ah, I hope it's the Chargers. Yes, well
0: said. <laughs> I hope they have it, some fumbles. Well done. Right Thank out of the you. gate for you, Brooks. Right <laughs> out of the 38 special today because it was going to be a Jacksonville band on Good Old call. Rock Thursday today, and that's that, Carline. Well I'm done. worked up right now. i, I got to pace I myself. Tell. i mean... I got to pace myself. No,
2: you've made it to Thursday. Okay. It's no, hold, no say, holds barred said, from here okay. until I'm Saturday. My, I'm
0: trying to pace myself. It's all about pacing you tomorrow. You don't have to wait
2: till Sunday. I mean, tomorrow, the pep rally, all the energy.
0: Three to six tomorrow at Dick's Wings. We're giving away the first hundred Bud Lights free. It's almost irresponsible, it, it really, and I love it. It really
2: is. <laughs> Hayes, are you going to hit another female in the face of the legal pad on you our You never team? know. That was
0: tremendous, <laughs> by the way. I mean, I more people today loving them to Hayes car um, A lot of things to talk about. We'll get to the matchup in a minute, but let's do our MVPs. We'll do the matchup at the bottom of the hour. Um, Lauren, go first. Okay. Five. are in, in, I'm, I'm going to go Lauren, Gibby, Hayes, me. Okay? Okay. You go first. Uh, Your five in order, Jaguar MVPs, and why? One through five. One through five. Yeah, starting with the best guy all the way down. Go.
2: I have quarterback Trevor Lawrence, 25 touchdowns, eight picks this season. I think the quarterback is just beyond uh, valuable. And then I'm going to go with the quarterback of the defense, Foye Oluokun, 184 tackles this season. He's just been all over the place. And then I'm going to go a guy with three interceptions on the season – Rayshon Jenkins I don't think the Jaguars are where they are without number two playing the way that he did this season and then I've got two offensive players to round us out I've got Christian Kirk 1,108 receiving yards I don't think Trevor develops into the quarterback he is without Christian Kirk and I'm going to say Travis Etienne 1,125 rushing yards I think he uh, can take the load off of Trevor a lot this season as well or has done that and so those are my five Trevor Foyer Rayshon Christian and Trevor and Travis Etienne, Trevor's no, brother.
0: There's no bad list, but that is a very good list. Good, Absolutely, good, very good start to our Thank list. You. Uh, Andrew Gibson, he hills from Appalachian State. He used to be a shortstop yeah. over there in Murphy. Go ahead. G-
3: so I have many of the same, but a different order. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. It always begins with Trevor. He's okay. the guy that makes this whole thing go. I've got Christian Kirk number two. Okay. Uh, Christian Kirk has been one of the most impactful. Uh, free agent acquisitions in Jaguar history, over a 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns. Christian Kirk, like Lauren said, has been so instrumental in Trevor's development. Mm-hmm. I've got Rayshon Jenkins third. I mean, the plays that he has made this year has helped the Jaguars get to where they are, the, the Cowboys game. Uh, you know, the last game against the Titans, he's the guy that knocked the ball loose for Josh Allen to pick it up. I've got Foye Lucon. This, this guy's led the NFL in tackles two straight years. And then I've got Evan Ingram. I mean, Evan Ingram at the tight end position, the Jaguars have been longing for a guy like Evan Ingram at the tight end, and you got to figure out a way to re-sign him next year. So I've got Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, Rayshon
1: Jenkins, Foyer Luacon, Evan Ingram.
0: Two for two on very good list. Hayes Carlisle. I've got
1: Trevor one, Rayshon Jenkins two, Foyer Aluakon three, Christian Kirk four, Tyson Campbell five. Uh, Campbell's hey, a good call. Yeah, fast. I thought
2: what, about what, Campbell what for sure.
1: Four was Christian Kirk. Kirk. Okay. So Trevor – Jenkins, Foyer,
0: Kirk, Tyson Campbell. Okay. And my list is Trevor one. I think we all agreed on that. We did. Uh, Kirk two. I'm with Gibby on that. I think he changed the team. I think he is more responsible in my mind for the development of Trevor than anybody else, even though all the receivers are good. Aluakan three. I I think I spent the whole season – or we – say we, not our show, but Jacksonville in general – Spent the whole season not realizing how important he was. I mean, you know what I mean? He's, he, he's quiet. He goes about his business. He's he's going to tackle your ass is what he's going to do. He's an amazing tackler. The stat you had the other day, 20 more solo tackles than anybody else in the league. Think about that for a second. 20. He was clear of the second guy by 20. So, Luikon third for me. Tyson Campbell fourth for me because I think he's the cover guy. I think he's the only legit cover guy – and I think he changes what other teams can do in the secondary because he's a legit cover guy. That is still a concern as you move forward. And I got Ingram fifth. I thought, uh, Gibby, I'm with you on that. I I think Ingram uh, really matters. I think he, because of the matchups, I think the growth of this offense, which is now seventh or eighth best in the league, is because of the matchups that he creates, that Kirk creates in Trevor's development. So I go Trevor, Kirk, uh, I, I'm sorry, I go Trevor, Kirk, Aluakon, Campbell, Ingram. Now I thought about this. Rayshon Jenkins didn't make my five, and I thought, well, how's Rayshon Jenkins? He's had had as good a year as anybody on the team. He's been a fantastic Jaguar, which is why you probably shouldn't stop at five like I just stopped us at five. But I, I I can't, in my mind, I can't put him ahead of those other five guys I got. Just like you guys, probably whatever guy you didn't have in your top five, I'll bet you could come up with a bunch right now like you said a minute ago, Hayes. Yeah, ETN would be my sixth. Yeah, And, and Campbell et- would be my sixth. And and, and and I think Jenkins would be my sixth and ETM would be my seventh. But that that's kind of the point, isn't it? That there's so many so many guys have contributed to this marvelous last month and a half of football.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's 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 great to see. And, you know, the the beauty of it is they're all young guys. So, you know, it it's they should be even better next year. And so it it the nucleus of this team uh, is incredibly exciting. And the fact that you're gonna add Calvin Ridley to it next year. And whatever other additions that they make in the draft and, and in free agency, it's they've got a chance to be special. You Let know me- who,
2: sorry, I was going to say, you know who none of us put in, but I think, like you said, the next six through 10 would be in there is Luke Fortner.
0: Yep. Great player. And, and really helped. He, sol- he anchored that line, didn't he? He, he sure did. And every yeah. snap is
2: so important.
3: Yeah, for sure. I thought about Zay Jones. I couldn't fit him in there, but. I mean, 82 grabs a for Zay call. Jones. Yeah,
0: yeah. Again, it's hard to stop it at five because there's no wrong. I'll say this.
2: That's how you know you've made the playoffs. <laughs> Here's how
0: good J- Rashawn Jenkins is. I didn't have him in mine, but y'all. All, not only did all three of y'all have him in, but all three of you guys had him in the top three players. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which, which is I hear you. I hear you. And he's been as much a big playmaker as anybody. He, He's been responsible for the two biggest plays of the season. That's that's why I had yeah. to put him second. Yeah. I, to me, it's, they're yeah. just they're just simply, live with that. They're yeah. simply
1: not playing today. If it's not for without Rich. those and two plays, yeah, it I, was against I, the Cowboys
2: that he led the team in tackling. Also, so it's yeah. not just the big yeah. plays, but he's also been a monster
0: when
3: it comes. And to And now he plays team. his former team. So we, that's right. In the so we
0: all had Trevor one. Our 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 two was Gibby and I both had Kirk two. Um, so it's Kirk Kirk Aluakan Jenkins are our, all of our number twos. Well, that shows you how important those guys are, doesn't it? Kirk, Kirk, okay. Our number threes are Aluacan, Jenkins, Jenkins, Aluakon. That kind of says all there is to say, doesn't it? How important Foy Aluakon is. Our number fours were Campbell, Aluacan, Kirk, Kirk. So we weren't that far off, e- yeah. even though, you know, and our number fives were Ingram, Ingram, Etienne, Campbell. So, so if we'd have done eight, we'd have had the same guys. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. I think if we'd done eight. We'd have all had the same.
2: I think so. Am I the only one who had ETN in the top five?
0: Uh, ETN, y- y- yes. Okay. But I'll bet you all four of us considered it. You know, I certainly considered it. He, I mean, the year he had. I mean, I. Uh, to me, the key to this offense has been the passing game. So, but I mean, this is this isn't. You're either you're in the. You're if you're not in someone's top five, you're no good. You know, it could have been eight. But to me, I mean, I really considered him. He was high on my list. Jenkins, Etienne and Jenkins are the two that I debated not putting him in there, you know, that, I, that I argued with myself not about not putting them in there. But, uh, but, but I think the key to this, in, in my mind, uh, I think what took them to the playoffs more than anything else, obviously the coaching of Doug Peterson, and we've talked about that, but we're talking about from a player standpoint, is what this marvelous, diverse passing game has become. And now, without ETN running, it might not have become that, to your point. But I, but I think, giving your point about Zay Jones, nobody had him in there. But you had to consider him, too, didn't you? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, what, what a marvel. And how exciting, assuming Ingram's going to be here next year. And, I, and I'll go ahead and tell you, I would be shocked if he's not on the football team next year. If they can't get a deal done, Hayes, I will tell you, there's no doubt in my mind they franchise him. Do you agree with that? Yeah. So he's going to be a jaguar, right? So he's there's no doubt. There's no. I'll say it. I'll shout for the mountaintops. There is no shit doubt that he's not here because they will franchise him somehow, some way. He'll be on the team next year.
2: What about Jamal Agnew? Would he make six through ten for all of you?
0: He probably wouldn't make top ten for me. Okay, but he sure is important. He sure has been important. I'm trying to go through it. So uh, I'd have like Etn, Josh Allen. Yeah, I'd probably have Logan Cook ahead of Agnew for me. Really? Logan Cook's okay. a really important oh. part of their team, I think. And that's no knock on Agnew.
2: Yeah. See, I think more people can punt it like Logan Cook can than can return it like Jamal Agnew can. Boy,
0: I don't know. I don't know. He's really good. I, I hear you. There's, there's not a right or wrong there. But uh, yeah. I wonder if uh... – My next three would have definitely
1: been E. T. N, Ingram, Josh Allen.
0: Yeah, and my, ne- and my next so three would have So that would mean been... the next one available would be eight. Yeah, or nine, nine. And yeah. I probably would have gone Etn Jenkins for sure. Yeah, probably Josh Allen probably next. Who's your next three, Ben?
2: I didn't have Campbell, so Campbell and then Ingram. Yeah, and then probably Josh Allen.
0: Yeah, how about I give you your next three?
3: Um, yeah, Campbell, Etn, and Josh Allen yeah, is where so, I would so, go. So
0: again, if we'd have done eight, we'd have had about the same eight. But it's a uh, what a fun nucleus. What a what a fun group this is. What a fun um, what a fun show. You know we're not talking about you. You know we haven't mentioned one time today. Man, I wonder who they're going to draft at number one overall. Man, I wonder. Man, I wonder if is it going to be Hutchinson or Trayvon last year? This time were those the only two? There might have, was there anybody else in play? On, on well,
1: there was we were still banding a receiver. We were you know possibly, but we kind of yeah. knew they they wouldn't Garrett Wilson. They maybe wouldn't or, do that. Yeah, yeah. So. so we. I mean, I. I think an offensive lineman was still kind of being yeah. floated. Because the two were really good. The, yeah. the NC State Evan guy and the Neal Alabama guy and, were both really yeah. good. Yeah, that's true. You know, what's interesting about our our uh, exercise here is uh, you look at some of the numbers, and, like, we watched the team, so we kind of get that, you know, there were struggles here. But if you just looked at the Jaguar stats and you hadn't really watched them, you'd say, my God, Devin Lloyd, 115 tackles, three picks, eight PBUs, two fumble recoveries. Wow. Must be a great player. Wow. No. I mean he, those yeah. numbers yeah. but but those numbers speak to if he improves. I mean that's an unbelievable rookie. If anybody would have signed up for that. It's just the way in which he got to it. You know, left something to be desired, but I mean again, we're not even you know, in this eight. We're not mentioning Devin Lloyd. You're not mentioning, you know, Andre Cisco who did some good things, three interceptions. Uh, we're not mentioning Devon Hamilton, who will be back, who's become a, a big time run stuffer. Uh, we're not mentioning Trayvon Walker, who you know I thought played fantastic the other night.
2: Absolutely, drew good.
1: two holding penalties. Uh, finished the year with uh, you know the sack total was three and a half. We knew that that was you know not going to come in super high, uh, but ten QB hits, five tackles for a loss, uh, had an interception, forced a fumble, obviously in Nashville. That was huge to to the beating the Titans on their home tor- turf, uh, you know. It's so it's it's interesting even when you get beyond the the eight. Some of the young talent that didn't make our list, but had. Nice rookie years statistically.
2: And I think Arden Key is another Arden guy. Key, we haven't yeah. necessarily talked as much about him, but he's without him, I'm not sure that they are where they are today. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: Dewan Smoot, mm-hmm. you know, right. is a player that, mm-hmm. you know, they has all a lot of value that you
0: hope can, you know, return. And yeah. if, you, if you win a division, you get to nine wins. If you win seven of your last nine games, and to your point yesterday, Lauren, and don't have a Pro Bowler on your roster, that means a lot of guys help the cause. If you if you get that, that means a lot of guys were participating and contributing and helping the cause, and, and that's exactly what happened here. So these are good times for the Jaguars. Let's take a break. We've got our MVPs. When we come back, how do you attack the Chargers? What's key in this game? What's going to happen in this game? That's next day with us.
3: It's an old rock Thursday. Music the way it should be, or at least used to be, on the Frangie Show.
0: Good luck, Chargers, coming to town now that we've kicked this thing off with this version of Team Van Zant. A Jacksonville band called 38 Special today on Old Rock Thursday. Frangie, Carlion, Brooks, and Gibson with you as we get set for ooh, another one of those football weekends. Don't forget, tomorrow we'll be live at Dick's Wings. On San Pablo at Beach, first hundred bud lights are on the house. You heard me right. Also giving away two tickets compliments of the Jaguars. How about that? All right. Uh, Some signed merchandise also from the Jaguars. You kidding? What a day. What a day. What a day it's going to be tomorrow. Just sit back and enjoy. Come on by and see us. We're having a big, large, very sizable time tomorrow. We hope you'll come and hang out with us. We're certainly looking forward to seeing you uh, tomorrow at Dick's Wings. As we celebrate another pep rally, compliments of our friends um, at the Jaguars, compliments of Dick, Dick's Wings. Thanks to them. And, of course, always a Big Chief Tire Friday. Thanks again to our friends at Big Chief for passing out those awesome T-shirts. That was just one week ago. So excited about the game. Hayes, I don't think there's much mystery. It's amazing how different this game is than last week's game. Last week, it was the Titans who were going to try to turn this thing into a slugfest. They knew they couldn't throw it on the Jags very much, and they did. And they and Joshua Dobbs played well. Been in a controlled short passing game, when he had to throw it down the field, uh, it, the world collapsed around him as we kind of hoped and thought and hoped it would. So certainly we know this game's different. I don't think the Chargers are a particularly physical team. Whereas you knew the Titans were the, the ultimate physical team, and they showed it. The Jags could not block them, couldn't run the ball at all. I think key number one is that's got to change. The, the, tit- the Chargers are not great. In the interior of the defensive front, they've got great outside pass rushes. The edge guys are very good, but I think I think you have to have a game where, and I think it's all hands on deck. I think everybody's getting it, but I think you got to run the ball against them.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think the Jaguars should be motivated to do that. They know they lost the street fight to the Titans in the trenches. The offensive line got dominated as the game uh, went on. Uh, you know, that was a game where you would not have wanted a fifth quarter. If you were the Jaguar offense, it was not getting any better. The longer the game went, uh, it was getting worse. So Doug Peterson's not going to have to say anything to them. Those guys are going to know that that they got pushed around uh, in a big-time game and, again, were bailed out by a tremendous defensive and special teams effort. Uh, I think they're going to look at this game as uh, incredibly motivating. And, again, it, it's, it sets up the best for them. I also think Doug Peterson – I know that he wants to lean on the passing game, and and I understand that, but this is a game where I really do think that you've got to unleash E. T. N. and really, he should be primed. Travis Etienne has only had 16 carries in the last two games combined. Why? Because he didn't play the second half against Houston, and they were so ineffective against Tennessee that Doug gave up on the run. So... You've got a a standout running back that's only had 16 carries over the last two games combined. Since week 10, he's only had one game with 20 or more carries. So Travis Etienne should be ready. Uh, There should be plenty of tread on the tires. And again, I was wrong about James Robinson. I thought trading James Robinson would ultimately be a mistake. Obviously, it was not. He didn't make any kind of an impact with the Jets, so much so that the pick ended up being a 6th rounder instead of the conditional 5th. But James Robinson did run for 100 yards on the Los Angeles Chargers in Week 3, and that is something that I absolutely think you can read into as we preview this game. If James Robinson can run for 100 yards with a 5.9-yard average and a touchdown, there is no reason Travis Etienne should not be able to shred the Los Angeles Chargers on the ground
2: did you know that this is the only wild card matchup featuring two 4,000 plus yard passers
0: I did not it, is that right it does
2: make sense because we see we're seeing a few different backup quarterbacks so they couldn't have gotten to 4,000 yards but yeah I found that note interesting look I think the game plan for the Jaguars block Bosa block Mac and cover Mike Williams if he plays but certainly Keenan Allen Austin Eckler out of the backfield that to me is the game plan if you can do those two things, I think the Jaguars can win fairly easily.
0: Yeah, uh it, it's not gonna be easy. this is this is gonna be I'd be very surprised in my mind if this is a not a fourth quarter game. I I think it's gonna be a hard game. Um what's interesting is Mike Williams. You know, he played last week, and and I can tell you they're they're Brandon Staley's taken a beating for a number of stuff, a number of things. And one of those things is the the fact that Mike Williams played and he's hurt now he's, he's going to try and give it a go, I would think, But, man he's got to fly across country and then try and play in that game. I, I don't sense that that's going to be easy, you know I mean so so we'll see I think it's I, harder too for guys that are like six, five's got to be, doesn't it? you, you know I wouldn't mean, you think
1: there's just, there's just there's just there's just more back. yeah 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 frankly yeah, no,
0: that's, that's right. I mean I think that's right, so I, 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 think, I, I think you're right, so so we'll see, but he I haven't um,
2: practiced the last two days.
0: Yeah, and look, I think this physical thing – I think the Jags have a physical football team. I think they've played physically during much of the year. Yet, to your point, they lost a street fight part of the game last week. And so I think they can – I mean, again, let me – I cannot say this firmly enough. I cannot say this enough times. I understand Keenan Allen didn't play last, last time. I understand Justin Herbert was banged up. I erroneously said they didn't have Mike Williams. You corrected me. They did have Mike Williams. He scored a touchdown. He made some big catches in that game. But I, I know they weren't a completely healthy team. I get it. I also know that was 84 years ago, it seems. I, I understand all that. But the Jags did beat them 38-10. to 10. It was not a mirage. It did happen. In their house. In, in their house. So there, there's something to well, be.
1: the Rams' house. Yeah,
0: Good point. <laughs> but there's something to be gleaned from that. You know, there, the fact is. This team went out there. It wasn't fourteen, thirteen. It was thirty eight to ten. Now again, I'm not trying to 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 maintain that that means they're twenty eight points better. I don't believe that, but but it but it, do not think it was a mirage. I, so many people have dismissed that game. Have you noticed that? almost as if it didn't happen. Well, it happened. The game happened. And so so somewhere along the line, there's some good matchups when the Jags play these guys,
2: certainly. And going back to the street Fight Hayes, I will say in defense of the Jaguars, the game against the Cowboys for the Titans, they rested a bunch of guys, and they had more time off, certainly than the Jaguars did going into that game. So not to say that the Titans aren't a super physical team. They certainly are. But I do think the Titans came in much healthier in the trenches than the Jaguars did.
1: That, that may be the case, uh, but it was ugly, and it shouldn't have been that ugly. And if Rayshawn Jenkins and the defense don't play the game of their lives – we're not talking about a game Saturday night. I mean, the the offense was ghastly in the fourth quarter. They had minus one yard on nine plays, and Trevor had no time. I I didn't think it was a Trevor problem in the fourth quarter. Uh, I thought it was uh, offensive line is getting absolutely dominated. So, yeah, I mean, they they were on shorter rest and and things like that. But I thought it was too one-sided to – to give them that pass. And, uh, and, again, and I don't think Doug Peterson is going to harp on it to them because, I, a, I just don't think that's how he coaches. And I, I think Doug Peterson knows that those guys are going to go over the film and they're going to see it for themselves. And that's, that's got to come from them anyway, and I think it will. Uh, so I, I think the offensive line is, is going to play well. I, I think offensively I will be shocked if the Jaguars score less than 28 points in this game. I will be shocked by that. Uh, and to me, it's, it all comes down to can they get enough stops on Herbert and the Chargers?
0: The, uh, this will be the fifth time the Jaguars have ever hosted a postseason game. They're 3-1 in the previous four. They, so this has worked out pretty well. When the Jags have been at home for a, for a playoff game, it's been pretty good stuff. That includes that win against Buffalo. It includes 62-7, to by the way. Um, it, it. I think Jaguars fans will be ready to go in this thing. I, I do sense that. Uh, I do sense that it's going to be a gigantic crowd. I think you're going to see them announce in the '70s again. How cool is that? It's unbelievable. I mean, I mean, I mean, think about that—that that they're going to announce in the '70s somewhere. I mean, I just think that, and I and I think it'll be Jags fans. It'll it'll look a lot like last week would be my guess. I I think it's going to look a lot like last week, where the place is packed and it's packed with Jags fans. I don't think there's Charger fans. I'm not saying there won't be a jersey here or there trickling in, but I think it's going to feel like that. And I think it's even though it's cool, it's going to be another beautiful day, uh, people tailgating all day long. You're going to see the scene at Tailgaters when when you and me host the, the pregame. I, I, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to replicate what we saw a week ago. I'm very convinced of that.
2: Oh, I certainly think so. And then now we have a local artist performing the national anthem once again and Susan and Derek Trucks, and then we have American Authors performing at halftime. Hayes, are you excited about them?
1: Yeah, that's a great get. That They've got some really awesome songs, yeah. so I, I think that'll be something that the crowd will enjoy. And and again, I, I think the, the crowd really answered the call, uh, numerous calls. I mean, they answered every call. But one that was probably the most challenging was the Jaguars' hope that the fans would get in the stadium early, mm-hmm. and they absolutely did that. And, uh, and, again, that's, that's something else that I think really creates that. When, it's, when you're 30 minutes before kick and, and those teams are, are warming up and going through the final stages of everything and you're starting to really see the electricity, it's just it's pure magic.
0: I love the fact that Susan and Derek are doing the, the Anthem National. You, be, Derek will be on with Rick tonight. They're very good friends, as you know, and uh, he'll be on. Rick's already talked about They'll talk about doing the, the Anthem for the game. And, yeah, the American authors are big-time act. So the Jags are spending no expense on this thing. I, I, by the way, there's a again. Let me say this again. They're giving out the white towels this time.
2: White towels, okay. yep, to celebrate AFC South Championship.
0: And un, and understand this, okay? <laughs> they're they're giving out sixty five thousand of those. All right. Well, again, those don't just drop out of the sky. They're custom. are so if you get even if you get the super discount rate, super discount volume. I'm an NFL team. Give me the best rate you got. Rate. There's still at least two bucks. You know, I mean, think about it. if you go to buy a towel at the store, it's it's ten bucks or eight, right, or whatever. I don't know what it is, right? So, I don't think so. Yeah. So it's it's still they're still paying a couple of dollars for this thing.
2: Right, and you have to have expedited shipping. <laughs> right. Kind of has to be here. So I mean, for.
0: I'm not trying to oh, oh, overstate this, but they just dropped they just dropped 120 grand on some towel on, on some. I mean, think about that for a second. People say, "Oh, they got all the money in the world." Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but it's still a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, I mean, I mean. Think about that for a second. They just dropped $100,000 last week on the teal ones. Now they're dropping $100,000 on the white ones.
2: That's pretty cool. It's awesome. And I think they know the fans deserve it. The fans have been here throughout thick and thin, and they absolutely deserve it. And I think also it's a nod to how good the crowd was last yes, week. They yeah. said, you know what? Those fans, those fans waving those towels, especially you know when it got late in that game and, and the defense needed the crowd to, to step up, and they certainly did. I think they said, we need towels in the stands again. Those fans we're so fantastic.
0: I don't think Hayes. They'll have to make those towels again until we all head to the desert. I, think, I wouldn't. Think I think either. you'll. I think you'll take those towels. You make them for the desert. You'll take them to. Wouldn't you take Correct. them? Take them to a Phoenix.
1: I would. Yeah. Yeah. I might make a million of them. Okay. For that game. Um. But uh, pass them out around town. Yeah. Golf
0: courses. Yeah. Scott. Some of those bars in Scottsdale. That's we'll go right. to all of those. Um. But I yeah. might have I'll, gotten about two
1: of those towels. Hey, in, in well all. Well done, Gib. In all honesty, I've allowed myself to imagine them playing football next week cuz I think they're going to. I think they're going to win the game Saturday night. But I haven't really stopped to think about how can they host again? But if we what we basically need is the Dolphins to pull the miracle of all miracles and right. somehow go into Buffalo and beat the Bills without Tua and then we need the Ravens to knock off Cincinnati with probably not Lamar Jackson, correct, and Tyler Huntley. These but are if, not exactly yeah, ideal
2: scenarios, correct, for the Jaguars.
1: But if that happens, right, then uh, if the if Cincinnati and Buffalo are eliminated, then the Jaguars would host the Dolphin. No, the Dolphins would go to Arrowhead, and the Ravens would come here. Yeah, so that's the only way that that the uh that we could we could host in the divisional round.
0: Yeah, I can, here's what I'll tell you. I uh I I would be shocked if we host another game this year. I would be too. I would not be shocked if we shocked some people after this week. I I'm, and I mean that very look and I'll say what I said before. I'm not going to be shocked if the Chargers come in here and win. It's a it's a it's a one point line. I'm not going to be sho- I'm not going to be shocked if our season ends, if the Jaguar season ends on Saturday night. That would not shock me. It also would not – I don't expect that. I think the Jags are going to win the game. But I'm just being honest. It wouldn't shock me. It also would not shock me, call me crazy, if the Jags want to run here. Again, I'll say it again. We were in Arrowhead. We played – we saw that game. It was a 10-point game, and it was roundly competitive. And, again, we played uphill a lot of the game. But it wasn't – it was a 10-point game, not a 30-point game. With two missed field goals? I'm With to a few remember. missed field goals, yeah. So, so the point is – It was two. Yeah, so the game was so, – so the point is uh, – and, again, don't put the – first things first. But I expect the Jaguars to beat the Chargers. That's my opinion. I would not be shocked if they don't win the game. But I also would not be shocked if they go if, – if ever – we've seen these road teams shock the world. We saw the Steelers do it. We saw the, the Giants do it. We've seen teams wear the white jerseys the whole time and win in those white jerseys. It, it was It's certainly not unprecedented.
1: Well, again, Cincinnati was the fourth seed in the AFC last year. Right. And they won the AFC. Right. So, yeah, it can happen. The other thing, too, again, I, I haven't really started – thinking about beyond this week but as, as we're talking about it I think you can make the case if if it's if the final four in the AFC is Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Jaguars the Jaguars probably are the most physical of those four they're certainly more physical than the Chiefs I think you can make a case they're more physical than the Bills because the Bills don't really pound you with the run and Cincinnati doesn't like, their their weakness last year was the offensive line, and I don't think they've solved it. It's probably better, but I don't think it's – so if the Jaguars and, – and the Jaguars, I think, are more physical than the Chargers. So now, obviously, those quarterbacks are unbelievable. Right. Um, And that makes up for – that gives you a lot of mulligans as a football team. But uh, But from a purely physical standpoint, I think the Jaguars – I'll be surprised if they lose in the trenches – In any of these games, I'd be surprised if they, you know, they, they may lose to the chargers because Herbert throws it to Keenan Allen for 12 catches, 156 yards and two touchdowns and throws four touchdowns and 400 yards. Like that wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me because they're super talented, but I will be surprised if whenever this ends, we lament what happened Saturday night against Tennessee where we're sitting there saying, boy, they got pushed around. That would surprise me. Yeah, me too. Me too.
2: It would absolutely surprise me. I think if it comes to an end, it's because the offense didn't seem to move the ball as well as they have in other
0: games. We'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to get into college football with a 10-10 take and more. Stay with us. Cruising, this is Jacksonville right here. Boys and girls, in case you're freaking wondering. Jags and Chargers on Saturday night. If I can make it that long without spontaneously combusting,
2: please don't do that. By the way, I still no Mike Williams at practice.
0: Yeah, I, I, um, I'd be, I would not be shocked if he doesn't play. I, I think he's pretty banged up. Now you got to believe he's going to try. But here's the thing: if you try, if you have him up, that's one less guy that you're activating. You know, do you have to have an extra receiver up just in case he tries and can't go? I mean, think about it, you know. So, 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 we'll see. they should
2: probably make Justin Herbert inactive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, time now for the um 1010 take. It's brought to you by Batteries Plus. Batteries Plus power it, light it, fix it. Eight Jacksonville locations, Jake Jacksonville area locations. Sorry, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, USC, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas, Penn State. Who have I left out? Oregon, Washington because college football is coming back to the South. Write it down and you're thinking, hey, Frank, they've won 16 of the last 19 titles. I know that. But I think the deep South, the corner where we are, is about to rise again. Stay with me on this. Georgia's going nowhere. Georgia's gonna be great again. Whether you like it or not, Georgia's gonna be great again. They are just loaded. There's players that were on the bench that are better the other night that are better than a lot of teams players. They're gonna be great. Carson Beck will be their quarterback, they'll be fantastic. Alabama just brought in seven five stars. Okay. Seven. Alabama's going nowhere. I think Florida State has turned the corner. Florida State, you just heard Mark Schlebah. We told you yesterday he's got him in the top five to start the season. Did you see their portal hall? In the portal alone, they brought in nine likely starters all with possible NFL pedigree. Nine this year. Two of them are tight ends. I mean, six of them are linemen. I mean, it's amazing how many players they brought in. Their FSU is coming back. They are coming back. And I believe that Cristobal and Napier are the right hires to build those rosters. Uh, nothing has changed my mind on that. We'll see how good of coaches they are. They both had some moments of not coaching greatness this year, Miami and Florida but I have not changed my mind that they're going to build rosters. They both had top 10 recruiting years. Miami had a top five recruiting year. So Miami and Florida top 10 recruiting years, including Miami with the top five. Florida State to start the season in the top five. We've waited a while for our teams to come back to the way it looked in the 90s. It is my opinion. It may not be next year. may not be the year after. But it is my opinion it's going to be harder than ever for a team out of our region to compete even in the twelve gamer, I'll stand my ground on that. I think we're going to see a lot of Final Fours that are all four Southern teams, and I think the Florida teams are coming back to the party. That's the ten ten take.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, you know, I, I certainly think Florida State is uh is got a great chance. They sh- they have a ton of momentum. Uh, you've got to capitalize on it. You know, you don't want to wake up in a year and, and be eight and four. You know, and and I think that would be pretty disappointing. Uh, after winning ten games this year, uh. But, I, but certainly, they, the, there's a very high probability that Florida State is, at, at, at worst, going to be what they were this year, which is a 10-win a team and uh, a team that you know, is it's very exciting to watch. Miami, I, I don't know about because they were so dreadful. And, and yes, he's got a, a big recruiting class coming in. Um, I, I, my, Miami's going to have to show me now. I, I've given them the benefit of the doubt a, a few years now and And that's that's done until I actually see something of significance on the field. I, obviously, I agree everything you said about Georgia. Uh, you know, Georgia's the two time defending national champion, and I think absolutely could three repeat. Uh, it helps that their schedule is atrociously soft. and you know, and, and so they, they've got a very easy path to a 12 and0 season. Florida is the one that I think you could debate. A little bit. I, because I, this is what I think about Florida, which is going to make it tough. I think he's going to go six and seven or something like that again next year. Now, again, some of this I don't know is Billy Napier's fault because if he had Georgia's schedule, I think he might be able to win nine games, but he doesn't. He goes to Utah. He plays Florida State. Uh, He, you know, he, he, he plays LSU and then obviously Georgia and Tennessee and, I, you know, and and so Napier is the one that I think's hardest because he is doing some good things from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, Obviously, they haven't done what FSU's done in the portal, but they have addressed immediate needs. They had to help their front seven defensively. They've added four guys that you would like to think will be very solid contributors for them. They've added an impactful offensive lineman that they had to have, and you know, again, I don't believe that Graham Mertz is going to be a great player for Florida, but I will at least concede that you know, let Napier work with him, give him a spring, give him a, a fall camp. Uh, it is a different system, okay? You know, I you'll, you know maybe that works out, you know, better than than what I think. I, I just think with Napier. Florida fans are going to have to judge him on a much softer uh, grading curve than maybe they'd like to because the, the, you have done him no favors. I mean, he played this past season seven teams. When you count the bowl game against Oregon State, because for some reason a 6-6 six and six Florida team was playing a top 15 team from the Pac-12, I don't know how that happened. But it did, and so uh, so Florida played seven games last season against teams that were ranked. They played number one, number six, number ten, number eleven, number sixteen, number seventeen, and number twenty three. And that schedule is going to be basically the same thing next year. I mean, I don't know who they'll play if they make a bowl game, right? But I can guarantee you they're going to play six games against ranked teams. Four of those games, a third of their schedule, are going to be against the top ten. And we've talked about how 2024 looks to be a very difficult schedule uh, because you're playing Miami UCF and Florida State at a conference. So if Florida fans and the administration are willing to allow Billy Napier to get to year four without seeing a 10-win season, because he's not going to have it, then maybe there's some hope there. uh, Because I do think there's some good things with Billy Napier. I just don't believe, because I've never seen Florida fans have the remote amount of of tolerance for mediocrity, I just don't know that he's going to get that year four if it's six and seven, seven and six, seven and six.
2: The only thing I have to disagree with you is if Noah Ruggles makes that kick, Ohio State I think is the national champion right now, and I think they have to be involved. Even though, yes, I agree about Michigan and and Penn State and Notre Dame. I agree about all those. I think that's the one school that kind of acts like the SEC schools or ACC schools as far as pedigree, recruiting, getting guys from down here, and, and all those things.
0: I hear you. Fair point. Ohio State. Belongs- as much as I hate the Buckeyes, yeah, I have, but, they but have your, to be in there. Your point's a good one. Ohio State belongs in any conversation. And I don't doubt that USC is going to get in the conversation with Lincoln Riley and one more year Caleb Williams. I'm not saying they're not going to play football. and I, I even think Notre Dame's got a chance to be good under Marcus Freeman. I know there's some schools from the, around the area that will be in the hot. I don't deny But your that. larger point is
2: but, the southern schools will win most
0: times. And the Florida schools are coming back. Yeah. I, I, the, the the larger point is the Florida schools. I might be wrong, but I think Napier and Cristobal are going to get it built. Hayes, you broke it down specifically. Well, if this year isn't as good and next year will they – and the patience thing is always a big deal with with sports, with any team, pro, college, baseball, football, basketball – Will will Coach X get enough time to do this before the fans start blowing up social media. We all that's that's always going to be a, a, a an issue. There, there's no getting around that issue. I totally agree with that. But having said that, I do think I have this hunch. I was I was lunch with some buddies today that are big Florida people, and I just I have this hunch that Napier is the right guy. I, I just I I mean I'm very I don't know why I don't, I don't know why I'm so confident in that. I was Not confident in McIlwain. I loved the hire of Muschamp, but very early on, I lost some confidence that he might be the right guy. I was not confident in Mullen. Then a year or two in, I thought I was so wrong. He was absolutely the right guy, but then lost that confidence. I just think this is a, you know, Jeremy Pruitt was under Nick Saban. Will Muschamp was under Nick Saban. Steve Sarkeesian was under Nick Saban. I don't know what to think of him, even though they had a good recruiting year. So there's a lot of guys that were in the Saban corporation that did not turn butch Jones. There's a lot of guys that came from the Saban Corporation that did not turn out to be great, just because Kirby Smart did it and uh, doesn't mean it, and Nick does it, doesn't mean it's automatic. But I do have this feeling that Napier is the right guy. He's organized in a way those others weren't. He's got an even temperament. He's, he's, he knows what he's doing. I just have this feeling that all the people that wanted Napier to be their coach, not just Florida, weren't wrong. I just – and I don't – and I, I – I, it was a weird mix this year. It just felt like a, it was a weird mix. Anthony Richardson, as wonderfully talented as he is, was up and down. Nobody would debate that. The defense was horrendous. Horrendous. The, and, and he inherited – and with all due respect to Patrick Tony the coordinator, Wink Martindale, Bill Belichick, Wade Phillips – couldn't have, Bob Stoops, Pete Carroll, couldn't have made that defense good. They might have made it better than Patrick Tony did, but he, there's there's not a coordinator in the history of the sport. Vince Lombardi couldn't have made that defense good. He could have made it better, maybe not good. They had no chance, and I think that's got to get better, and I think it will. That
1: will get better because the the biggest plus that I can give Billy Napier is he has a recruiting plan. This signing class is not just a uh, hodgepodge of blue chippers that it Whoever does, you can get. That, that yeah that doesn't make a lot of sense which is what Florida's recruiting plan looked like under Mullen and McElwain and and with Muschamp it was just always tilted way more to the defensive side so there wasn't the balance you need this class has the balance you need they had to get speed at receiver he got it they had to get seven quality defensive linemen they did that they had to get and totally revamp the secondary. He did that. So that's good recruiting. That is, what are, what are my three you know, biggest, particularly when you're a new coach, you'd like to think when you're five, your five-year six, now you're, you're, you're not having to plug massive gaps because you've done a good job of, of recruiting for, for many years in a row. But in, when you're new and building something, uh, you've got to have a specific plan, and he had that. Uh, so I think from that standpoint, Billy Napier has shown, okay, I can identify what our biggest problems are, and I can go out and get exactly what we need for the most part. And you can get every player, but you're not going to do that in recruiting. Um, you know, so I that part I do like. And again, the 2024 class looks like it's off to a good start, and I will say that with the gr- the biggest <laughs> grain of salt that I can have because those kids don't even sign for 11 months. But it looks like it's off to a good start. I just, I just worry that Billy Nap- I worry that Billy Napier is going to have a lot of Ron Zook in him, where he's going to leave a lot of talent behind. But will he be given the chance to coach this program in year four and year five, where his guys are the guys you're leaning on? And I worry that he may not get that chance because it's just going to be so brutal. Uh, Florida is going to play schedules over a three year his first three years, that just flat out are silly. I mean, they're just silly to play this many good teams. It's it's ridiculous.
0: We'll take a break. More in a moment. This is ten XL, ninety two point five FM. Today it's thirty eight special on Old Rock Thursday.
2: Might be about thirty eight degrees it's the time of kickoff.
0: Great man, by the way. <laughs> I saw him the week of the Super Bowl. Oh, cool the Super Bowls here. Thursday special today on Old Rock Thursday. Jacksonville band, because Jacksonville's playing host of that bad boy. By the way, just so y'all know, if the Jaguars win
2: mm-hmm.
0: next Thursday, just so you know, it's not going to be a Kansas City band if there even is such a thing. Or a Buffalo band if there is such a thing. Okay? I'll go ahead and tell you it's going to be another Jacksonville band if we win. Might even be more Van Zantz. Okay? Sweet. In case you want a tip. There might be more Van Zant's, okay? just, just, just so you know. just thought I'd throw that out at you.
2: I like it. Band, that's a band that's often heard inside the stadium.
0: Yeah, yes, it is, as a matter of fact. We'll bring the Van Zant's to the studio. That's exactly right. The, one, the ones who are still around, we'll certainly right. bring some of them around right here. That'd be awesome. Um, 25 years ago today, uh, Jay Solomon passed away. Um, For people that are new to sports radio in Jacksonville, or, and frankly, for most people, because that was a long time ago, people don't know, didn't know Jay or don't know the history of Jay Solomon. I will tell you definitively that the sports radio you hear in our city, and we think it's pretty good, uh, we're really proud of this radio station. We're really proud of everything it has become. We started this thing in April of '7 and an awful lot of, of people, many are still here from the day we launched this thing. Um, I think this is as good a radio station as there is in the country. I'm biased, but I listen to a lot of it. And and I think the lineup that that Steve put together from morning, noon, and night, and, and and our imaging and our and our the way we do this is I think it's a good really good radio station. What am I going to think? I'll work here, right? But I but I do believe that. But I think a lot of what we all learned in radio came from the early days. Uh, at 9:30, when I was there, we launched the ninth all sports radio station in the country. Sports radio started in '87 by '91. There were only nine that were just all sports, and then it took off in a hurry. And we launched early on 930 because of Jay Solomon. He was doing sports talk on news talk stations before, it was, before anybody was, really. He had been a play-by-play voice of the Miami Hurricanes. <clears throat> he came to Jacksonville to do, I want to say, the World League, the Jacksonville um, team, in the, the Jacksonville Sharks in the World League, and never left. Started doing JU basketball and did it forever. And then he did sports talk. And, and I know that he hired a lot of us. David Lamb, Sam Cavaras, Buddy Martin, uh, a lot of us way back in the day did, when I was the young guy, I was kind of the kid in the group who did sports with Jay, but I wanted to learn about it. I wanted to learn what makes it work. Why is it, why is it what it is? What, what is the potential for sports radio in our city? I wanted to learn how to sell advertising. I wanted to learn how to plan shows. I wanted to learn. I, I knew I was a sports writer, but I wanted to do this. I just thought I had more of an aptitude, uh, for this than I did for that. And, uh, and he taught me everything. He taught me Jay taught me how to do it and and taught me that you can you can build a paradigm uh of of sports talk hosts who also sell advertising and are involved in the community. And many people at our radio station now do that. Jeff Prosser done it. Jeff has said many times. He said, Frankie said, You kind of showed me how to do it. And Joe Cowart kind of came along. And then other people that have come along that that Ken Brady, who's such a good sales manager here, and so many of our people have worked. Jack O'Brien, who was a first sales manager at 930, still works at our staff and and, and Steve Griffin, you heard us talk about him a lot, our GM, who kind of compiled and put it all together. And we all do it. And some of us sell, some of us don't. The three of us on this show all do. We're all, we're all in the market meeting people in the community. And 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 the truth is we figured out – you never figure it out. But we certainly have the train going in the right direction. And none of this happens without Jay Solomon coming to our town from Miami and, and launching sports radio in Jacksonville and launching sports talk in Jacksonville uh, before anybody else. So it's hard to believe it's been 25 years. I can still remember a memorial service we had for him right out there in the courtyard at 930 when it was still on Bay Meadows Road before they even moved over to Beach Boulevard. And uh, and so uh, and, and it brings back, it, I, I teared up a little bit when Brent Beard uh, tweeted that last night because I I didn't remember the day. Um, but gosh, I sure do now. And it was a, he was a really big part, really an important part of sports radio in our town. And uh, none of us are here. I, I will go to my grave saying this. None of us are here doing this without the impact of Jay Solomon and teaching so many of us how to do it. And we will miss him. We still miss him hard to believe he's been gone for 25 years.
1: Very well said. And I I always love the stories about Jay's passion and enthusiasm. So do you mind uh, retelling the story about him getting the,
0: my favorite story of all time, (laughs) Jay Solomon loved the JU dolphins and he was a, he was a big fan and he and he passionately loved JU a man. He I don't want to laugh my way through this story, but it's this funny story. And he laughed. Nobody laughed about it harder than Jay did. But Jay hated the officials. And he was convinced the officials were 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 screwing over J. U. And he was right there at courtside in the Coliseum. And 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 Jay would go lose his mind about how bad the officials were over and over and over. And finally one day he had enough. So Jay Solomon calling the game, a foul gets called on J U. Jay was furious, jumped up and yelled at the official while on the air and got teed up. Jay, Jay Solomon, the only play-by, has to be the only play-by-play play guy of all time that got teed up, called the, called the tee, pointed to Jay. I don't remember if it was Bob Wenzel, Rich Haddad, George Shoals. I don't remember who the coach was, but just had to say, really? <laughs> My play-by-play play guy just got me a technical, but it was one of the greatest passionate moments. Nobody, nobody loved, they used to call him J.U. Solomon. Nobody loved Ju like Jay did, and nobody loved. And one of the kindest men I, honest to God, one of the kindest men I ever met. I
2: love that story because I can picture too Jay Solomon, who I unfortunately never got to meet, but I can picture him as a play-by-play guy going, "Well, the play-by-play guy just got a
0: technical yeah. foul." Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> the, uh, How
3: ticked was he? in the was he? I guess he was around for. JU UCLA was he? Uh, no, he was no, here he after wasn't. that. That was okay. in sixty nine seventy. He Jay, would have been ticked about that one. Yes, he, You better believe
0: he would have. He, J here, got, JU got here in the eighties, and uh, so he and then he took over. Then here's how JU he was when Jay, Jay had a divorce from his first wife, and he got married again late in life. He got married on the chapel in the chapel on the JU campus because everybody said there's nowhere else Jay Solomon could get married. It, it the marriage almost wouldn't count. If he got married anywhere other than than the JU campus. That's
1: awesome. Well, yeah, it's a a great tribute, and uh, he certainly missed. We'll certainly miss
0: Jay Solomon. Take a break. Lauren will wrap the program in News and Notes after this.
3: What's going
2: on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. 38 special today on Old Rock Thursday, a band from right right here in Duval And we certainly look forward to seeing everyone out tomorrow at Dick's Wings for our pep rally from 3 to 6. First 100 Bud Lights starting at 3 o'clock are on Bud Light. News and notes as always brought to you by Doubled Up Sport Fishing Charters. It is absolutely gorgeous outside, so make sure you book a half day, full day, or even an overnight private fishing charter aboard the luxury 50-foot Custom Carolina with Captain John Sheffield. My goodness, you will go out and catch some great fish. I had a friend who just caught some wahoo, so that is delicious. All right exactly. Visit doubledup sportfishingcharters.com to book your charter or find them on Facebook. Trevor Lawrence is the second quarterback since 1950 to double his wins and passing touchdowns and cut his interceptions in half from one season to another. The other is Drew Brees.
0: How about that? I would have guessed Peyton Manning. So it was, it was he had the bit, Drew Brees a of from 2003 stuff. to 2004. I'll be not I would not have guessed that, but uh yeah, all the numbers point to uh, a great career coming for sixteen. I don't think there's any question.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it's going to be fun seeing what he does, and you know when he really hits his prime. I mean, he's still three or four years away from really the peak of his career. So, uh, it, it is incredible uh, the the production that he's been able to find this year, the improvement, and uh, it. it this is this should be a conversation we have every year. You know he should be getting better every year uh, until he's about thirty-two.
2: For people who missed it earlier, let's revisit our MVPs. We each picked one through five in order our MVPs of the Jacksonville Jaguars season to the first seventeen games. I had Trevor Lawrence one, Foye Aluakon two, Rayshon Jenkins three, Christian Kirk four, and Travis Etienne five. Frank,
0: I had Trevor Kirk Aluakon three, Tyson Campbell, Evan Ingram.
1: I had Trevor Lawrence, Rayshon Jenkins, Fue Aluakon, Christian Kirk, Tyson Campbell. And I
3: had Trevor, Kirk, Jenkins, Aluakon, and Ingram.
2: So whose lists were more similar, Hayes and myselfs or yours and Gibby's?
0: I I think they're all pretty much – Gibby's and mine were very similar, Mm -hmm. but I think most of them were – I told you guys, if we'd have picked eight, we'd all had the same people. we, we We all were right around the same stuff. The first yeah.
2: Duval Saturday night will be by Big John Big Henderson. John. Do you think he's going to get the crowd as fired up as Leon did last week?
0: Leon was magnificent. That's our guy. But Big John will be good, too. What I think Big John ought to do is do the Duval, mm-hmm. okay? Then walk down to the field, Carlion, and walk up and down the Chargers sideline and intimidate every one of them. Then ball game's over. That would, uh, uh, that would do it. That's yeah, my Yeah,
1: it'll be great. It's going to be a lot of fun seeing John uh, deliver yeah. the first Duval. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be another great video package as well awaiting the fans.
0: Any word as to whether or not Big John's going to have a trainer smack him in the face beforehand? Remember, I have you, you not still, heard that. but Those I videos would... are still out there. You see right. them sometimes? I'd love I to see that video that. on the big screen. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, I do expect there to be another really good video. And, and I have heard that maybe Leon will be involved. I certainly hope so. I, I have to tell you. All last week or all this week I've been going in my head, Ta Ta Titans. That was my favorite part of the video. Ta Ta Titans. I thought Leon yeah. did a spectacular job.
0: I'll tell you this, by the way. The greatest Jaguar teams were those late nineties teams. And the seventeen team was was one bad call away from being in the Super Bowl, and this team is the beginning of something very special. But I'll tell you what, those late two thousands teams with 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 Big John. And and that great front, Marcus, Mike, Pete in the middle, Daryl but that was a badass team, man. They weren't great offensively. They 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 would they would hand it to Mojo and David Garrard certainly had some good moments, but that team that that defensive front that that was a good team, Hayes. Oh yeah, that was a tough physical, nasty. That that was a nasty bunch, man. That team was built to be. That team was built to take on the the physicality of the Steelers and the Titans, and they did it. I mean, that was a that was a. Big physical, tough team, man.
2: I uh, I'm certainly looking forward to Saturday night and uh, seeing, like we said earlier, who is the more physical team. If the Bills Chiefs play for the AFC title, the neutral site game yeah. will be held in Atlanta.
0: Makes perfect sense, by the way. A lot of people, a lot of people, why Atlanta? Why Atlanta? is not geographically close. Well, it's easy as heck to get. It's a great arena. It's a great arena. Greatest stadium indoors. E- Atlanta is the easiest place in the world to get to because they got the biggest hub. That makes all the sense in the world. Anybody can get to Atlanta. I, I, I That's the right place to play. And I know people said Indianapolis just because geographically it's closer. But for all the people going there, whether it's fans, media, Atlanta is the easiest place to get to. So it makes all the sense in the world to me.
1: Atlanta is not going to be hosting that game. Yeah.
0: No? No. Why not? Because that will not be the matchup. What will the matchup be? Jaguars at Bills. Okay. I love it. Love it. There you go. Well done.
2: I like it as well. Uh, all right, I found this article on USA today, and I want to see y'all's reaction. Nate Davis uh, ranked the 14 NFL playoff teams by Super Bowl viability. Okay. So 14 he has the, the Miami Dolphins, 13 the Ravens, 12 the Seahawks, 11 the Vikings, 10 the Giants, and nine the Jaguars.
0: Yeah, that's close. Is that where you'd have them? Yeah, I I'd thought about it. Till you said it. Sounds fair. Yeah, they're home. They have a home home game. I guess the team they beat thirty-eight to ten. Yeah,
1: I'd probably put them above the Chargers. Yeah, just because I think they're going to beat the yeah. Chargers. Right. But and I, that's
2: who is in I, the I'll put this, spot.
0: I'll just put, I wouldn't. Ha- I wouldn't have any lower. I mean, I may have them higher, and maybe I'm being a homer, but I wouldn't have them any lower. That'd yeah, be- I
1: mean, obviously, you can't put them ahead of Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, I about mean, right. They got him about right. Yeah, I, I think so. They've so got- he has
2: the Chargers at eight. And then before the Chargers, the Bucks at seven. Six Cowboys, which that one surprises me. I don't know that I'd have the Cowboys where they are. Uh, five Bills. This, four, one that's through four slow. is interesting. Yeah.
0: Five Bills is, I mean, he's got four teams ahead of the Bills? He does. Now four that, that's, that's the biggest surprise to me.
2: Yep. Fourth is the Bengals. Third is the Eagles. Second is the Chiefs. And the top spot belongs to the
0: 49ers. I mean, they're all good teams. I mean, I guess are good, we do have a lot of good teams in the league. I guess because I can't imagine the Bills are five, but the four you said ahead of them, I wouldn't have all the four of those ahead of them. But they are good teams. I mean, I, I get that part. I
1: I, I kind of think the Jaguars are better than the Bucks yeah. in terms. I of, do too. I do. Know, too. I just think the road's tougher in the AFC. But I man, Tampa Bay has just been. I, I mean, it, they they've got Brady. I totally get that. But boy, they have just yeah, struggled. Yeah, I agree but, with
0: you. I if I was doing that list. Now that you said it, I didn't, hadn't seen the list. I, and I'm, I'm doing this off the top of my head. Sure. But off the top of my head, I would be tempted to go Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, Bengals. And Eagles ahead of the Bengals because the Bengals resistance is so much. Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, Bengals, 49ers. And then I might have to jag the Jags ahead of the rest of them. I might too. Yeah. I mean, after those first five, I have them pretty close. Because
1: Dallas would have to go beat Tampa. Then they'd have to go beat, I'm assuming, Philly then they'd have to beat the winner of in all likelihood 49ers Vikings that's tough to win those 3 on the road the bucks would have to take down Dallas at home then go to Philly in all likelihood then go either to San Fran or Minnesota i i, I, I don't see them doing that either
2: yeah and i mean obviously when it comes to the cowboys I feel confident the Jaguars have a better chance just because the Jaguars beat the Cowboys. And the path is different. I certainly understand that. It's a little bit more difficult in the AFC. Uh, when it comes to college football, for Florida quarterback, not former, Florida quarterback Max Brown will be a two-sport athlete. He's joining the baseball team as an outfielder.
0: How about that? I don't know. I know he's he was a good baseball player. I remember that during his recruitment. I didn't know. If you're good enough to play for Florida, you must be a heck of a baseball player. I mean, if, he, if he's really going to impact their team, he uh he must be a really good player because I mean that's that, that's I mean Florida it's one of the best four or five baseball programs in the country. It's a hard lineup to crack. Yeah it is yeah it is but if he's uh, a great athlete so it'd be interesting to see.
2: The news that came out after the show last night: Jaden Rashada's father, Harlan, told the Athletic that his son has not filed for a release from Florida.
1: Yeah we'll see. I mean this is uh, this is certainly a, a puzzling story. I I still have to imagine. Rashada will not be attending Florida and will be looking for another school. Uh, is this maybe uh, Rashada's camp having maybe a little bit of second thoughts on how they've handled this because of maybe how they'll be perceived, uh, you know, by the the next school or the next – maybe maybe they feel like it'll hurt their, uh, you know, their value when they go back on the open market. But uh, I I have to think the – the bridge is torched uh, between the school and the player at this point. So I, I would be really stunned if Rashada ends up a Gator. I would, I would be beyond
0: stunned, beyond stunned. And I will tell you this. I would think the Florida side of this, true or false, I would think the Florida side of this would be a little bit like the Miami side of it. We understand NIL is out there, but if we have a player or a camp to come along, and all they're trying to do is get the highest dollar and play one against each other and commit and decommit and sign and de-sign, we're probably better off without the guy. And I'll bet you that's what they would tell you. I'll bet, I'll bet you, and I don't want to say that I've heard it because I haven't, but I'll bet you Billy Napier or whoever the people in charge are would say, you know what, we're good. We've had, we watched him do it to Miami. We watched him do it to us. I think we're good. I, I know as a fan, and I'm, a, I'm, this is, I'm not speaking as a media guy, I'm not speaking as a Florida football fan. I'm good if he moves on. That, 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 that's me. That's the fan talking. Because, what what happens if he gets benched in the second quarter of a game? If you know, you know what I mean. If if you're le- if you're if, if it's all this much about the leverage, I'm I'm good. Don't, let him play somewhere else.
2: At that point, he might pull a Derek Carr and just leave the team.
0: Yeah, I say let him play somewhere else.
2: What about former LSU quarterback Walker Howard, who's now entering the transfer portal? Who used to be a five star or was a five star recruit coming out of high
0: school? Really good player. Really, good. Jamie Howard's kid. Really good prospect uh, from Lafayette. Billy Napier knows the family really well. Billy Napier loves the kid. Gigantic fan of his. Would be a really good, really good player. How Jaden Daniels was ahead of him. Nussmeyer was. He got frustrated and left. Uh, LSU legacy. Obviously, his dad was a quarterback there in the early 90s. I think he's going to TCU. I really? Th- yes. I think he's – I think probably, there's maybe some of my operators <laughs> telling me because I'm – that was after I watched about 25 minutes of his highlights last night. Yeah. I might have heard Max Duggan
2: stays for this year, correct? Have you
0: watched his highlights? I have not. He's really good. Yeah. Well, th- that's why I knew he wasn't going to Florida. <laughs> I, uh, but, but I can tell you, Nap- Napier is very close to the family and is very close to the kid. And I, I can not tell you that definitively, but I can tell you that my opinion, I could be wrong, I think he's going to TCU. We'll see. He's got to decide by Monday. thats That's when the window closes. Well. That national title game appearance had to impress him. <laughs> don't think that didn't run through my freaking mind, okay? But I think he's going to TCU. Speaking of TCU. The, we'll, we'll find out. We'll know Monday.
2: Sonny Dykes won the first Steve Spurrier first-year Coach of the Year award, and the ceremony will be at Spurrier's in February. How about that? Next month. Good,
0: good for him. So yeah. that should be Sonny fun. Dykes is a good coach, but I, I don't want to lose – because I think Napier would love to have this kid, and I think he's going to be a good player. Now, I say that. He was third team at LSU, but I – I think he's going to be a good player, but I think he's going to. I think he's going to TCU.
2: Well, I certainly hope you're wrong, but something tells me that you must know something. And finally, pitchers and catchers report. Yes, mm, just about a month away. Come on, Carline! Yes, yes for yes. the Rays, it's February fifteenth. For the Braves, February sixteenth, and for the Pirates, also February fifteenth.
0: Let me correct you. For the Pirates, for the Braves, and for the Devil Rays. Devil Rays. Devil Rays. <laughs> they forever <laughs> will be known as that for the rest of existence. Yeah, I'm not
2: calling them that. <laughs> Y'all can call them He's going to
0: be the Devil Rays, <laughs> the best part of the yesterday's show, so that's it. Well, that'll do it for our program. Don't go anywhere. Jaguars Happy Hour comes up right now, including the Doug Peterson Show. Enjoy that. Tomorrow, live from Dick's Wings, first hundred Bud Lights on the house. Also giving away tickets. Uh, all, all, there's other giveaways I haven't even told you about. You're crazy not to come on by. Come see us tomorrow at Dick's Wings. We'd love to see you. For Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Frangie. So long.